Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Brandon Dawson. Brandon is a lecturer and CEO advisor on entrepreneurship, leadership, and business building strategies. He's been featured in Inc., Forbes, Ernst & Young, and the Portland Business Journal. He's a CEO and founder of Audigy Group and co-founder of Cardone Ventures. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I think you've got a world of insight uh, in areas that a lot of us really just strive to achieve ourselves in business and success. And you've had some amazing successes along the way. Give us a little bit of a background on you and, and how you got into this world and, and some of the things that you've been, you've been doing recently. Yeah, my first business, I was the first person to consolidate the audiology and hearing space in uh, the United States. And so I did that in the 90s, and I took it public when I was 29 years old. I was one of the youngest people to, to ring the opening bell of the American Stock Exchange. And I was the first consolidator of hearing care in the U.S., uh, actually North America. And then I franchised, in addition to that, about 1,000 locations. And that company name was called Sonus, Sonus Hearing, working with independent business owners. When that business, it was a private equity-backed uh, initiative, and when the private equity group decided they wanted to sell the business. It was premature for when I wanted to sell. So I left the business and tried to buy it back from them. And when they sold it to an Italian firm, needless to say, I was a little bit uh, negatively impacted from that. So I, I, I reformulated a strategy, launched a new business in 2004. And my business was centered around going to independent business owners and helping them grow, scale, and exit their businesses at high valuations. And I launched that business with my last half a million dollars, never borrowed a dollar, never raised any capital. I took all the lessons I learned through all the mistakes I had made while trying to grow and scale rapidly and, and formulated a new strategy and a new plan and launched that business. And I grew it organically, generating $50 million of profit over 14 years. And then I sold it for 77 times EBITDA, $150 million, $151 million to a public Danish company. And then we helped them grow their market cap, which was trading at $16.30 a share when they acquired us. And they were worth a billion dollars today. They're $77 and they're worth 4X that. Uh, and so, you know, it's something we're very proud about. And then I launched Cardone Ventures with Grant Cardone, bringing all those experiences, the technology platforms I've built, and all of the programs that I've created and taught thousands of people to do uh, to Cardone Ventures, where we're doing it with tens of thousands of businesses across hundreds of different verticals all across the world. That's incredible. That's incredible. Let me ask you, how did you get into the, the, the hearing space? I presume you don't have a background in audiology or anything like that. And was it just something that you fell into? Or do you have a background in that? How did you get into that, that space and, and, and manage to kind of bring that together? So in the 70s, it was against the ethics for audiologists to dispense hearing aids. And my mother was a registered nurse who worked for an ENT doctor. Mm -hmm. So I used to travel all over Oregon with her when she would go to people's homes and test their hearing and sell them hearing aids as a little boy. And then she, uh, my father divorced and she moved to Minnesota with a gentleman who invented the first end-of-the-year hearing aid. And I moved back to Minnesota when I was uh, eight, and I watched that business go from a startup to today, it's over a billion dollars. It's one of the largest of the five hearing aid manufacturers on the globe. And I grew up for the first zero to 350 million in revenue and had to work in all the different positions within the business. When my parents divorced, I was running North American sales 
I was in my mid-20s, and a lot of my customers were coming up to Minnesota to say, it's been great working with you, but we gave all our files to our competitors, and we're going to retire. And I went to uh, the owner of the business, my ex-stepfather, and I said, hey, why don't we buy these businesses? And he said, it's a conflict for manufacturers to buy their customers because then other customers won't buy from us. So because of his and my mom's divorce, I decided it was time for me to take off and go do my own thing. So I became mm. the first person to acquire businesses in the hearing care space. I made about 50 presentations to, to retired hearing aid people saying, I don't have any money, but if you let me sign a note to pay you for your business in 36 months, I'll step in and take it over. And then your other half will be worth more than the whole thing combined. So uh, I found a few people to do that. And that started my foray into licensing and quasi franchising a thousand locations and acquiring 130 businesses. And I was in the process of partnering with businesses all over the world. When my private equity group called me and said, Hey, we want to exit. It was right after September 11th, 2001. Uh, We want to liquidate the fund you're in and therefore you have to convert to cash and things I didn't even know about when I was raising money that would cause me to find myself in a trap. But, but it is what it is. And I figured out how to rebound from that. But one commitment for sure was I love working with independent business owners. I love helping business owners and I'll never, ever, ever be interdependent on somebody else's money or somebody else's Mm. decision-making again in my life. And that, that forced me into a different way of thinking. How do I grow and scale my business if I don't have any money? And that's the program I created and refined over 15 years, helping thousands of businesses grow and scale across a multitude of industries and then built technology around it. And so I have Mm. methodologies and I have technologies and I have leadership teams I've built. And so now we've brought those, I partnered with Grant Cardone and we're bringing all that to traditional businesses and helping them immediately grow and scale and structure their businesses to be wealthier than, than the way the business owners run them. Mm, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Where do you see there, there being the most opportunity in small business to grow? Because obviously you've got a method and, and how to do things. And, and I want to make sure that, that our audience can connect with that uh, in the show notes. And we'll talk about that later. But where do you see most opportunity being for small businesses? Because most of the listeners here are small businesses. They've got them as a practitioner. They love what they do, but they don't necessarily have business sense, so to speak, to be able to grow beyond just, you know, there's a few new clients coming in here and there and they're hearing about Facebook as a tactic and this is a tactic, but they're really driven by, I want to impact more people and I want to have a business that can run itself and it's not dependent on me and I'm not kind of slaving away because there's this classic thing of, I'm going to start a practice as a health professional. And a practice is is a fancy word for a job because it's top heavy, it's all on you and, and I've been there myself. So what would you say to, to people asking that question? Like, how do I even where do I start? Like, how do we even know, should I be doing some, some tactics? Should I be looking at mindset? Where do we start if we're wanting to take our business to the next level as health professionals? It's, it's a great question. Uh, in the U.S., some interesting statistics. There's 31.5 million small to mid-sized businesses in the United States. 25 million of those businesses have a single employee, which was the founder. And 5,300,000 of those businesses have between two and 15 employees. And then 630,000 of those businesses have over 15 employees. So it's not just an issue there. It's an issue for all people who start businesses is they don't understand the fundamentals and they didn't start the Usually people that do this kind of work did not start their businesses because they wanted to be an entrepreneur. They started their businesses because they moved away from what they didn't want. They didn't want a boss. They didn't want somebody else dictating their time. They didn't want to be told how they can treat or how they can 
connect to their patients or their customers or whatever they're doing. So, so then they moved away from what they didn't want. They didn't want to work for somebody else. So they hung their shingle and they started working. And I call those doer thinkers. They start doing and then they figure it out as they go along. Whereas a massive business owner, somebody who's built huge businesses, they start businesses as a thinker doer. They think about where they want to go. They think about the impact they want to create. Mm. They think about the massive size they want to be. And then they reverse engineer their business down to how do we start it versus starting it and figuring out as you go along. So you you get the dichotomy of the two different strategies on Mm. building businesses. So what I've done with all, I've worked with startups, small businesses, you know, a couple hundred thousand in size, all the way up to billion dollar companies. Technically speaking, if you're a billion, you just have a whole bunch of small startups inside your business, right? Mm -hmm. So when billion dollar companies get in trouble, it's because they've allowed everyone in the business to create their own little startups and none of them are syncing and working together. It becomes the same technical issue that happens when you're by yourself and you grow your practice to five people. And what you do is you hire them and throw them at problems that you don't mm-hmm. want to deal with because you're doing the thing that got you in business that you're passionate about and that you love doing. And you start doing things you're not good at. So you start hiring people and delegating. You're supposed to delegate, but you abdicate to them because you don't know how to do it. You hire them to do it, but you don't know if they know how to do it. Yeah. So there's a natural progression in businesses. I call them breakpoints. All businesses are going to fail in these breakpoints. So zero to three million, three to eight million, eight to 15, 15 to 25, 25 to 45, 45 to 75, and you can keep going up. And the first breakpoint, zero to three, is whatever you're doing, the thing you do, is there enough value in it that people will exchange money for you with you and you can make a living doing it at one level or another? Now, the chief three complaints of why two-thirds of those 31 and a half million businesses go out of business and cycle every five years is there's no number one chief complaint there's no demand for the product or service number two chief complaint is i can't find great people to help me go build the business and number three chief complaint is i can't get financing or i can't get access to capital which really is a way for those people to be victimized by the fact that they never actually learn to sell anything Mm -hmm. because why would you start a business if there was no demand for the product or service? I mean, that sounds like kind of a dumb thing to do. So people don't start businesses because they don't think there's a demand. They start businesses because they do think that there's a demand or there's an opportunity, but then they technically go about building their business the wrong way. So what I tell business owners is you got to follow some very basic premises. And I teach these and I, they're principles. So the first principle is the three Ps, promote, You got to promote, promote, promote. If you can't learn to promote, you're never going to create demand for your product or service. You're never going to hire great people because they won't know why they should work for you. And you won't raise capital because you will never have learned how to sell anybody into coming alongside and investing in you. So the first P is promote. You have to promote. You can't start the thing you do and think that that's the thing that's going to build your business. Promote and then profit. You got to learn to generate a profit doing the thing that you're never going to outscale not making money. You're never going to hire people that will make money for you. If you can't do it and you have the highest incentives to do it, then you can pretty much be assured nobody else is going to do it for you. And then the third thing is process. How did you, when you promoted, how did you create the profit and did you document it and write it down and do you have a, a strategy for it? Because the multiplier to the three Ps is the fourth P, which is people. People Mm -hmm. want to go straight from opening to hiring people and hope that those people will solve their problems. And they never learned to make money and they never understood what caused them to create transactions with people and value and what messaging brought them in. 
and they didn't process that out. So when they throw the multiplier at it, nobody knows what they're doing. Mm. And then the three M's model, mimic and master. Once you promote, create demand. Once you create a profit, so you know whatever you're doing works before you throw everything you own at it or you raise money from friends and family. Once you document the process of what you promoted, how you created the profit, then you hire people. Now you follow the three M's. Model what you did, have them mimic what you did, and have them master what you did. And then the multiplier to all that, the eighth most important principle is multiply your people. So if you Mm -hmm. just follow those eight concepts and you do it exactly like that, you won't be a statistic because you'll learn the principles necessary to have a valued system that people will exchange money so it can monetize your growth. You'll put the structure in place and you'll know how to develop and evolve people to support you in the process of building your business versus what normally happens. They get so busy, they throw people at problems. Those people really don't know how to solve the problems. They don't know how to work together as a team. And that group of people create more problems. And if they happen to grow even bigger, at some point it will become their demise because they'll step back because they become key man dependent when they start losing their key people. They don't know how they got it there. And so therefore it falls back to the other break point. So, you know, we've studied, I've done millions of dollars of research on thousands and thousands and thousands of roll-up strategies, small businesses, mid-sized businesses, large businesses. We've created matrices so people know where they fall, where in there, where they're up against those breakpoints, what they're doing right, what they're not doing right. And I built a whole operating system around it because I think true leadership is making other people's success easy. And that's what my commission is, is to help business owners grow scale and create significant value for them and the team members that help them. And if we're able to continue to do it at the, at the way we're doing it, we will revolutionize small business. So that that's my mission. And yeah, I'm, I'm quickly assimilating 1 million businesses to help do that. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm looking at my business. I'm looking at my, because I have a practice. Uh, we've got practitioners, multiple practitioners in it. I've, I've got a coaching business. I'm looking at how I'm doing things and I'm, and I'm seeing the gaps with what you're saying. And sometimes we do some of the parts, but then we don't do the other parts, but it's, it's all of them cohesively working together, which is what gets you that growth. And, and too often, and, and you said it right, right? We, we start off, we're a practitioner. We love what we do. We're doing this thing, but we're not really making note of how things are working, why they're working, what's going on. But we just have this idea of, I want to to get to some next level, some arbitrary next level. We hire another practitioner, hoping they'll help me grow my business. We hire an admin person, hoping that they'll take over and and manage some stuff. And I see it all the time where it it just implodes because you're not knowing what you're doing that's making the growth happen. You then justify it to yourself, pretend like you do, hire some other people. It tries to multiply, but it's constantly kind of, you're not switching gear. You're just revving this thing out. Chaotic. And you end up, yeah. And then you end up burning And you out. become key man dependent. And the doctor, the associate you brought in says, why would I work for you if you're having me do all this extra work and you're making the money? So I'll just pop over and start my own place and they take your front office person with it. And it just, it just cycles over and over and they get trapped at that first break point. You know, most of those businesses never get to 3 million. Mm. And 3 million is just having the foundation in place. To get from 3 to 8 million, you, you need to assimilate and accumulate people that know what they're doing. And to get from 8 million to 15 million, you need to have detailed leadership and process because otherwise no one, it, it just disintegrates as you spread wider across people. And so then as people cycle in and out, all that eminent domain, all that knowledge, all that know-how disappears. 
So you try to throw somebody else at it and they didn't know how the person before them did it and everything's chaos. Mm. So that is the cycle. It just happens over and over and over and over and over. And so the, for the people watching your show or, or listening to this, the, the point is, is that that's a choice. It's a choice to build the wrong way. And what I found though, is that there just really isn't, a, uh, there isn't anybody giving them context or contrast so they don't know any better and they keep repeating it. So my, my mission is to give context and contrast as to what the options are and then teach people the methodology so that they can deploy. And you know, one of my mentors that changed my whole mindset was Dr. Robert Anthony and he's in, I think, Australia. And, um, he wrote a, a phenomenal book called beyond positive thinking. And I would just recommend to anybody watching your show, that they download and read Dr. Robert Anthony's beyond positive thinking and follow how he tells you to create intention statements. Because the beautiful thing about business, business is a beautiful thing. The fact you can pursue your passion and your joy unabated and do what you want to do. That is a gift. It is now your responsibility to learn to manage that gift in a way where it's productive and it's healthy and it returns rewards to you, the people who help you, your employees, and the people you serve. Everyone should benefit from the gift of what you've created. But you've got to create intention statements. You have to know exactly where you want to go and you have to learn to program your mindset to draw into your business, into your life, the right people, the right kind of customers the right kind of opportunities so that the business will create life back to you. Because what happens to all these practitioners is at some point they feel like the business becomes an overbearing child and they can't get separation from it. And the very thing they're passionate about, they love doing, they become angry Mm. or disappointed or burned out because the business takes all their energy and then they're no longer at their highest level of contribution. And if you can just save practitioners from finding themselves in that position or any business owner, then life becomes much more amazing. 100%. 100%. Um, I just wanted to touch back on a kind of insight that I had on, on what you were saying about these breakpoints, right? In a lot of health practices, you're never going to get anywhere near the 3 million mark. And, and most of them, uh, at least the ones that I work with, are not trying to get to that point. They're not trying to build these large businesses. But at a smaller scale, the same thing is happening. It's, it's, a, it's an issue of scale. For you to have an organism, which is your business, to expand and continue to produce profits and continue to grow and to do it in a succinct fashion that isn't chaos, there needs to be these structures in place. Because otherwise, it can't all be on you. You can't be the one at the top doing absolutely everything because it'll never get past that point. You become, initially you're an accelerator and then you're the break. And a lot of people find themselves doing that. They're accelerating and then breaking themselves and wondering why they're never getting to that next point. And so I think what you said about the three Ps and the M's, I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, where can our audience find out more about that? I think that's going to be powerful. I want to send a lot of people uh, towards that resource. Where can they find more about that, more about you working with you, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think go to CardoneVentures.com. And, you know, there's a lot of businesses that are in a state of emergency or crisis right now because of COVID. And I've helped over 18,000 businesses. If you go to CardoneVentures.com forward slash emergency, I wrote an ebook to teach you exactly what to do, depending on the conditions that you're dealing with. I found myself repeating myself over and over and over. So I just said it'd be easier to write the ebook. And I've had a lot of feedback from people saying it really helped them save their business or turn their business around. But cardoventures.com is, is my website. And go to at Brandon M. Dawson. That's my Instagram. Uh, again, it's at Brandon M. Dawson. 
And yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's funny because in the United States, audiologists thought they were overworked, and underappreciated in private practice doing $275,000 a year. And I went out to the group and said, you should be able to do by yourself between 1.1 and 1.8 million. And they were like, no one in the industry does that. Four years later, I had 100 people doing between 1 million and 2 million personal production and half of them were kids in their first year, second year out of school because we only trained them on what success looked like. We said, here's exactly how you do it. Here's the process you use. In fact, I can tell you for these business owners that are listening to this, you really need to pay attention to data. You get in the groove of doing things and you say things and then you try to hire people to come and help you and you're not paying attention to what you're saying and you're trying to get them that model and mimic thing. If a patient throws an objection, a price objection, and you go, hey, hey, my name's been on the door for 20 years. I'm an adjunct professor. I'm a PhD. I'm a this, I'm a that. I'm a board certified, blah, blah, blah. I've got 20 years of experience. And then the patient says, oh, okay. The person you're training who's in their first year out of school says, I don't have any of those credentials. I haven't been in business for 20 years. I don't know any of that stuff. Therefore, I can't do what the doctor just did. And if you don't learn to pay attention to how you're teaching others, you're actually causing them to lower their belief and thinking they cannot succeed. And that's on you because you're just doing the thing that becomes natural to you, but it's not the right thing. So paying attention to data is unbelievably important. And what we did when we paid attention to data is we found that the top professionals, when they were sitting with patients talking about hearing care, that the top professionals would spend less than a minute on the test results. The ones that had the lowest close ratios would spend 18 minutes. They would literally be so excited about explaining the results, whereas the best ones would say to the patients, why'd you come in today? I can't hear, or my husband's got a problem. And then one other thing, for the ones that only spent one minute on the exam, if they took a pen out and they circled it and said, this is where you need help, people would say, okay, thank you, and they could go to help them. But if they mm. started saying, here's where you have a problem, the word problem created 50% less. If every other step of the process was followed, the word problem created 50% less transaction value because it psychologically attacked the person they were talking to because the next thing the person says, well, I don't feel like I have a problem. Mm. So learning how the human mind works and presenting in a way where people can receive it, acknowledge it, and move on it to the conclusion where you can actually help them is the job of the professional. And so they really need to examine the words they're using, the approach they're taking, the value they're creating, and then they need to break it down into little tiny modules, and then they need to learn to teach others how to do what they did to create the success, or they're always going to be trapped small. And when you say most businesses, they, they will never grow to $3 million. Any business can grow to $3 million if they choose to do it. Mm. I've got friends in New Zealand that are well over $3 million. Some are 10 some mm. are 15 some are 50 so if you choose to do it and you learn technically how to do it, because once you learn how to do it, you're not going to stop at a million. You'll be like, mm. hey, the next iteration is I don't have to do all the lifting. So I'm going to bring more people in and make the business bigger. And, and the one thing I would recommend, my business partner, Grant Cardone, talks about this all the time. Whatever problems you think about that you have right now, 10x the size of whatever you're doing and then recognize those problems. Then the problems you have today are not really problems. They're opportunities. Mm to find out how to get better so you can get 10x bigger. And once you figure that little conclusion out, you don't stop at a billion. You're like, man, this is fun. And you just get bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. until the business returns rewards back to you. 
Yeah, I think that's powerful because I think that a lot of people, the, the way they see success and, and them growing is they think, well, I'm making three, $500,000 a year right now. Man, if I was to be doing a million or two million and, and they're perceiving these these barriers that's going to get harder and, and things like that. Whereas if you have the right systems in place and, and things are growing well, then it's not necessarily going to proportionally be more hard work and it's going to be more enjoyable. There's going to be more energy. And so I find that even though I do more stuff now than I did before, I'm getting so much more energy from from it, that it doesn't feel like work. Whereas, uh, especially some of the people that, you know, I know I listen to the show and, and, and that I talk to, they're saying, you know, I, James, I'd like to be doing $100,000 a year and that'd be too big for me if I was doing this thing here. And I think it's because, like you said, it comes from that mindset of what they think needs to happen to get there rather than what actually needs to happen to get there and that it doesn't require disproportionately more work and stress. The only reason somebody would ever say, this is why I said, read that Beyond Positive Thinking book, because the only mm. reason anybody would ever say to you, I only want to get to a hundred grand is because they don't have the confidence that they can get any bigger. Mm. <clears throat> and so they set their goal on a hundred grand because they've settled like, oh, if mm. I could just get to a hundred grand. And I'd say, you need to recalibrate your thinking. You need to say, I need to strive to get to a million and then to 10 million because it absolutely gets easier when you get bigger. It only doesn't get easier if you don't follow the promote, profit, process, people, model, mimic, master, multiply. If you don't follow that process uh, with everyone you have working for you, it's going to get harder because as you throw more people at problems that they're not all aligned working towards a synergistic result, they will all create more problems. Yeah. But that's a choice as well. Mm, definitely definitely this is amazing this is really insightful and, and i hope that everyone's taking this serious when they're listening to it because there's a lot of gold that's been shared i think that you need to go back and you need to re-listen to this because i'm listening to it thinking man i got to where i am with what i'm doing and i'm missing you know in my head i'm like i'm missing all of this stuff i need to be reassessing everything that i'm doing so i'm definitely going to be checking out cut Ventures. what kind of practitioner myself. are you what kind of what what do you do i'm a chiropractor by trade but we focus on chronic pain and we don't do standard chiropractic and we have a virtual, uh, well, a hybrid virtual online offline practice with multiple different practitioners in it. That we're growing That's awesome. Well, one of my so, businesses that I'm a partner in is called AMI alternative medical, uh, integrated group. And so we have hundreds of chiropractors that also are using stem cell regenerative medicine. And it is amazing to witness the limitations of these chiropractors. You have somebody that is doing a half a million dollars a year, they're just grinding all the time or a million and they're, they're the only person the patient can see. And then they have people that are in our system that are doing five, six, seven million with a whole bunch of doctors and regenerative medicine and other medical resources. And they have practices that are making two or $3 million a year. I can tell you that when you have two perspectives in all your decision-making, and if you don't know these two perspectives, you need to go gain the wisdom of these two perspectives context and contrast. When people tell you how they did things to get big, you need to have context as to if that's really what caused you to get big or if they got lucky. Because a lot of times people will go try to mimic what they hear other people say they do, and they don't really know if that's exactly what made it work. And when they find failure, they give up believing they can get bigger. The other thing is contrast. If you're struggling at 100,000, Ask yourself, how is somebody doing a million or 10 million? And seek wisdom on how did you go from 100,000 to a million to a 10 million? Don't try to figure it out yourself. Your asset is your liability. So what drove people to start their own thing and want to be in control creates the limitations on really studying how did somebody else 
succeed bigger, better, faster, and more valuably. As a business owner, you should be asking that question every single day. You ask it as a clinician, how can I get better for my patients? You should separate yourself out as a business owner and ask the same question every day. How do I get better as a business owner? Where can I grab knowledge? How do I get the right information? How do I act on it until I can perfect it? And then how do I teach others to do it? If you're on those missions, your impact. See, when people say, I got into healthcare because I want to create an impact. Well, the truth is, if you're a little tiny business, you're not creating an impact. Mm. If you truly believe that you're an unbelievable professional who can change people's lives, staying small isn't allowing you to do that. So if you really believe that's your mission, then you owe it to yourself to learn to get big. Because getting big is the only way you can create massive impact. So if you believe in yourself and you believe in the self-talk and you believe in your mission, then you're obligated to get huge because the only way you're really able to make massive impact is through size. 100%. That's amazing. You've already shared where our audience can connect with you. And I'm going to make sure that that's in the show notes. I really appreciate you coming on, on the show. Today was particularly insightful, especially for me as well. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention. Because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business, and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.